I don't know that I will like 16 Candles, but I am sure that 16 Candles will be a well-made movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that, that would be nice to watch. <laughs> we, we've earned that. We have. I think so. Hello and welcome to Love Ya, your guided tour through the world of streaming and, yeah, streaming, not necessarily original, but certainly streaming, uh, teen romantic comedies. My name is Martha Sullivan, your co-host, young adult librarian, and YA lit enthusiast, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host. I'm Marn Hagman, adult services librarian and rom-com enthusiast. And we are here today to discuss the Netflix original feature, Tall Girl. Uh, tar- Tall Girl is a pretty new release on Netflix, uh, 2019, I believe, just in- within the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, it is uh, directed by Nazinga Stewart, written by Sam Wolfson, and starring Ava Michelle as Jody, Griffin Gluck as Jack Dunkelman, Sabrina Carpenter as Jody's sister Harper, and Luke Eisner as Stig Molin, uh, among others. This is the story of Jody, who is over six feet tall, uh, easily the tallest person in her class, and how that uh, one physical feature has basically defined her adolescence. Um, she spends all most of her time trying not to be noticed, which is very hard when you are the tallest person in the universe. Um, and, uh, I don't know, it's hard for me to get past the fact that the movie wants very much for me to convince me that other people would care that she's that tall. Um, but (laughs) she is, uh, she is a a social wallflower until she meets Stig Molin, the Swedish exchange student who is the first, uh, first person in her class to be mm, as tall or around the same-ish height as she is. He's also very hot and very Swedish. Uh, So she uh, attempts to pursue a relationship with him. He starts dating the most popular girl in school. Uh, Her friend, Jack. I've I've forgotten these children's names almost immediately. Jake? Uh, Jack. Jack, it is Her friend Jack is a small child who has been in love with her for a million years. Her best friend is adorable, and I loved her. Um, Angelica Washington, playing her best friend Farida, they both try and convince her that she is, you know, great just the way that she is. She goes through a period where she tries to get a makeover to attract the uh, the hot guy. She finds out the hot guy kind of sucks, um, and it all culminates in a. If you wait long enough, the girl you love will eventually love you back message. Um, Also, it ends at either prom or homecoming. I'm not sure which. She's wearing a suit that's supposed to be this big oh my moment. But all I could see was that 
the the satin fabric of her suit was very very wrinkly so it made it hard for me to to be blown away by her physical transformation um i didn't like this movie um yeah it is a it is a pretty typical um outcast tries too hard to fit in discovers that she's great just the way that she is which is what leads other people to accepting her at the end uh kind of teen movie um yeah also going on in there is a thread about her sister the beauty pageant uh, competitor and I believe Miss Teen New Orleans and eventually I believe Miss Teen Louisiana. Um, and so she also, Jody not only makes an effort to like blend in in her school, but also like with the fact that her sister is such an outgoing um, and like, physically centered? Is that the way? Like, very appearance. Like, the fact that her sister and her mother are both very, very um, appearance-oriented. Yeah, appearance-oriented women. Um, So she is trying to appease them, um, but also, you know, try to avoid that. So it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that because Ava Michelle is such a contract, like conventionally attractive person, I I like definitely had a hard time believing that the fact that she was so apparently tall it really had that much standing for her. Also, like were the extras all like middle schoolers? Like I just feel like you know she's six one. You know, my dad and brother, I believe, are both 6'1". Like, I I don't think that that's... Like, it's on the taller side, but it's not completely... Like, there would have been other people as tall as her at 6'1". Yeah, I think the movie spends a lot of time shooting her from below. Because the actress is also 5'10", which is pretty tall for for a a woman, but also not 6'1". Um... I don't know. I just kept thinking that if she had been a student at my high school, she just would have been recruited real fast for basketball or volleyball. Like, well, I and what's <laughs> had a funny. Hard time. And what's funny, like, um, you know, my three closest friends, you know, the ladies who were my bridesmaids are all I think the shortest of them is like five, nine, five, ten. Um, and the tallest is 661. Our our group text is literally entitled Team Amazon plus Marin. Um, oh. Which tells you a little <laughs> bit about, like, the height disparity. Um, and it's funny, too, because you can see it in, um, like, wedding pictures. It's hilarious. It's like a plateau that, like, drops down to my five foot. <laughs> anyway. I- I should pause here to state for our listeners who haven't met us before, Marin and I are both pretty short. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that probably, if, if that's not already apparent, I am, I am barely five foot. Um, I was talking with my friend who is six feet, six feet one about this movie, and her comment was immediately, and she was a volleyball player, like she played at the collegiate level. Um, 
And she was like, yeah, me being tall was never a thing. Like, it just meant I was a, you know, that's, it just meant I was a good athlete. Like. And I I do think that there, because, like, men being self-conscious about being shorter than women, particularly women that they're in relationships with, like, that is a thing that exists. I don't know that this movie goes hard enough on that particular angle for it to be like a message that the movie is espousing. Um like they kind of touch on it in the like, you know, why why she hasn't dated before or you know is self-conscious about guys, but I also I, the, the movie never really tries to be like and this is a symptom of the patriarchy, which it, you know, super is. But I don't think the movie goes hard enough for that, for it to be, like, a relevant commentary. Yeah, I think uh, that it it's treating her tallness almost like... Have you ever seen the movie Penelope? I haven't, but I'm familiar with it. Okay, so in the movie Penelope, Christina Ricci... Possibly world's most adorable looking person um, is cursed to have a pig nose. And the movie asks us to suspend our disbelief that her pig nose and otherwise like very conventionally attractive and cute body would literally cause people to faint. Like that is a plot line in the movie that she causes people to faint. And... So it made me think of that in terms of, okay, I understand that the point you're trying to hammer home here is that teenagers, like, latch onto and can be ruthless about picking apart difference and using any little way in which a person can be different to distinguish them or exclude them. But this is just, like, the pig nose in that, like... You're asking me to believe that this very conventionally attractive person who, and I believe she's a very talented dancer and in, the, in real life, and in the movie she's a very talented musician. So you're, you're asking me to believe that all of those attributes would be cast on the wayside for the fact of a few inches. Well, and also, I, I think the movie at one point tries to be like, everyone is self-conscious about something. But they don't actually pursue that ever. Like, I don't know that we ever get to find out about anyone else's insecurities. Exactly. As opposed to, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head where I can remember this scene of someone going around and revealing. Maybe it's is it a moment in Mean Girls. I'm trying to remember. I feel like other movies have done that. And that has, like, tied in that message of, oh, hey. We are all insecure about something, and this one aspect of your person, like, does not, you know, does not mean that you are an unworthwhile person. You know, like... Glee did a great episode about it, when they all sang Lady Gaga in t-shirts with their number one insecurity written on it in black letters. Oh, I don't know if I got that far in Glee. I loved it so much. That sounds wonderful. Um, yeah, so, like, the Jewish girl had 
big nose written on her t-shirt. Like the self the self-conscious gay kid had likes boys written on his. It was very cute. And then they all sang um Born This Way. Oh, that's great. Uh but yeah, so that movie did or that episode of TV did this movie better than this movie did. <laughs> um I I want to talk a little bit about Jack Dunkelman, her best friend who's been apparently in love with her his entire life. And it's not a secret. She knows that he has a crush on her and repeatedly is like not interested in him. And then by the end of the movie, it is apparently a very like, if I hold out hope long enough, eventually the girl I like will like me back. And I hate that message. I hate it a lot. I think that the movie did a very careful job of saying that Dunkelman. So, Dunkelman um, stands up for Jody um, to the whole school and gets punched, but does not tell her himself. So I, I did like that part. So I I don't think the movie was asking us to say. Um, was asking us to believe that Dunkel. It was the fact that Dunkelman had just been waiting in the wings this whole time and persistent that got Jody to like him. I th- I think the movie was asking us to believe that because he had done this thing for her, and there was another scene too where he um kind of boosted up her confidence in herself without like demanding that she be in a relationship with him. So I think the movie was going for the angle of, Oh, he has always been a good friend to her and now she's realizing it. I think unfortunately it did not have the subtlety or nuance to do that. Well, I was going to say, because I read that as a very, he is friends with her because he's in love with her. Um, I didn't read it that way. Um, I read it as just he felt bad for his early behavior, did something to he make... His, he carries all of his stuff in a milk crate just on the off chance that he has to use it as a stepping stool to make out with her. That's upsetting. Yeah, but... He doesn't tell her that until she wants to kiss him. I mean, it's not like he's going around saying, oh, and by the way, I'm carrying this milk crate so that you will kiss me. No, but it's also, he's clearly waiting for her at some point to realize, oh, he's been in front of me all along. Yeah, but again, I think that, um... I think that the movie, and again, I'm not saying it had the subtlety or nuance to portray this well, but I think the movie felt that he was, you know, her friend to be her friend, and that he did the right thing in this instance that prompted Jody to think that she has feelings for him back. Not out of an expectation that she would like him back, but to do the right thing. Um, Again, I think this is how the movie sees itself. 
<laughs> yeah, so I, I, I do think that um, it needed more time to portray them, like, just as friends. I also would have been happy if the movie had gone in the direction of there was another girl who had a crush on Dunkelman. Um, and I would have been happy for the movie to go in the direction of, oh, Dunkelman's her buddy, and, like, he found this other girl who really likes him. Um, I was kind of sad that that was left. But, I don't know, I didn't feel like, like, in terms of vibes of, what is, oh my gosh, what is the term? The friend zone. I didn't, I didn't feel as many friend zone vibes as I could have, but I, but again, I think... They certainly could have done some reflection about how much pressure Dunkelman was putting on her to be in a relationship. I I am not sure. Sh- for me, it wasn't so much that he was putting active pressure on her. It was more just I got the I felt that the movie was showing a character who was friends with somebody he was romantically interested in like like his his motivation for being friends with her was to eventually be in a relationship with her Um, i don't know that i don't know that he has to be actively putting pressure on her to date him although the way that he sabotages her hangout with the exchange student is also sort of questionable like you can't be alone with another guy i got the sense he was uncomfortable because he knows stig was dating someone else oh see i think he was really unhappy because he wanted to be the one oh in that situation with jody no i got the sense that he was like this is skeezy he's in a relationship with someone else like i don't want you to get hurt Was how I read that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly, you know, a conversation. I think we needed more scenes of their just, like, friendship to kind of buy that, like, there is this base level of friendship and caring that isn't tied into him having feelings for her. Yeah, and I think one of the larger problems of this movie is that almost none of the characters get more than two dimensions to be characters. So, like, none of the relationships in this movie have depth. Um, except for maybe her relationship with her sister. Maybe. Yeah, that certainly felt more authentic than a lot of the other relationships in this movie. Uh, and I think it's because a lot of those characters are extremely two-dimensional. Like, her friend is loud and sassy and black and weird and my favorite, but also you don't really get to know much more about her. Yeah, no, we don't see any of her, like, outside life. Um, And I don't know if it... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that the script needed some fleshing out there. Also, like, the weird dimensionness of her mom and dad. Like, at one point, her dad hosts a 
Tip Toppers Club, which is apparently, like, where tall people go and hang out. Like, I don't know, is there a short person equivalent of this? Like, do we have a, like, (laughs) bottom dwellers club? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I was just like, what the? Hold Uh, on a sec. I I have to see if this is a real thing. I can't believe... Oh my god, it's real. Wait, what? How? There's a... How tall do you have to be? There's a Chicago branch. (gasps) How tall do you have to be? Uh, What qualifies as a tip-topper? Let's find out. Social club for adults of above average height. What? Uh, Let's look at these bylaws. Um... Oh, I don't care about your board. I just want to know what your membership <laughs> requirements are. You feel like that would you, they would display that pretty prominently. Right? Okay. Age requirement must be at least 21 years of age. Here, They bury the lead. Current height requirement. All male applicants for membership must be at least 6 feet 2 inches. Okay. All all female applicants for membership must be at least five foot ten inches. Oh. Also, if you have to be twenty one or over, Jody could not have become a member of the Tip Toppers Club. Okay. Huh. Huh. So this is blowing my mind that this is a real thing. Wow. Wow. That was nuts. Well, now I need to know if they also actually wear those silly hats. God, I hope so. God, I hope so. Um, But yeah, I kind of liked our dad. Like, he he was... First of all, we all know that I'm very into any teen-based story that actually addresses where the parents are and what they're doing. I mean, and he is played by Minnesota's own Steve Zahn. um, And her mother is Angela from The Office. Yes! I did really um, enjoy so, that. <laughs> I I appreciated that her parents were there and were supportive. Um, but they were a level of like slapsticky humor that wasn't really present in the rest of the movie. Yeah, it kind of felt like a weird outlier, like in an otherwise relatively serious movie about, you know. Being okay with yourself and blah, blah, blah. Like, her parents have these, like, shenanigans about the beauty pageant and the tip-toppers club. Well, and we, we discuss this a little bit on air, but I I feel like a lot of these, a lot of the Netflix originals that they have been producing, like, there are some, there are some quality movies that they're making. But their original content, like the stuff, like the stories that are not based off of YA novels or like coming from some other property, generally feel very much like they reached into a bucket full of YA tropes and like made a movie out of whatever ones they pulled out of a hat. So, and as a consequence, I think we're getting movies that on the surface have all of the moving parts but at the end of the day, don't really say anything. Like, I'm not sure what this movie was trying to say other than the very generic, like, everyone has insecurities and we all should feel awesome for being who we are. Yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly the message they would say they were saying. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I think part of the problem is that, okay, this movie was, what, 102 minutes? I mean, This movie I, was 40 minutes too long. Yeah, I mean, part of the problem is that when you are making a shorter film, like a rom-com should be, you have to be strategic in terms of scenes that tell you a lot, both about the character and about the relationships between the characters. Um, and I think that, yeah, this movie got, got away from that. Yeah, I think this movie was confusing economical storytelling with lazy writing. Like, I think that it, it uses shorthand for a lot of stuff that then just sort of is like, yeah, lazy. Like the, the popular girl is kind of mean sometimes. I, I, I don't know. I feel like we didn't get a whole lot of insight as to like, why was it Kimmy? Is her name Kimmy? Yeah, I believe her name was Kimmy. Yeah, like, we don't get a lot of insight as to why she's popular other than that she's hot, or why she dislikes Jody other than that Jody's tall. And none of that adds up to a very compelling antagonistic relationship to me. Yeah. But it, it feels like they they included those elements because, oh, well, obviously there's a popular hot girl who dislikes our protagonist because of reasons yeah i think they like were trying to be like oh jody's going after the new hot guy um but yeah there certainly wasn't like contrasting to all the boys i've loved before where there's like jen and um oh my gosh why am i bugging out her name right now uh laura jean have like, years of history and were shown kind of the backstory of why they no longer get along. Yeah. I mean, this was, yeah, kind of thrown in there. So how how do we fix this movie? Can this movie be fixed? Um... Yeah, I think, well, and I would say clearly, I think I I did like it a bit more than you. Um, I don't know that I, I would thought, say I would outright I like say, it, but. I will say I thought it was fine. I I thought it was inoffensive for the most part. I thought the, the children were, the, the children were fine. Yeah, and I um, didn't have the problem that. Uh, Eli and Naomi's no kiss listed of, like, I didn't believe... Like, the actors were acting. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the Dunkelman stuff bothered me, I think, more than it did you. Uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't really feel strongly enough about it to hate it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just, yeah, and I guess kind of the the framing I saw in yeah I mean I wasn't like rooting for them but I wasn't as perturbed by him um yeah I think that in terms of fixing the movie I think if they had spent more time because 
the best scenes in the movie were with her family and with her her best friend Farida. So I think that if they had focused more on that, um, because I I really did enjoy the part of you know her and her sister coming to terms, and um, you know her parents trying to understand. Uh. I think my favorite. I think my favorite scene of the movie is when Harper, her sister, is practicing knife throwing. Oh, yeah, that was really great. She's like, yeah, you know, playing the water glasses is fine for Miss, uh... New Orleans. Miss New Orleans. But, for but I gotta Louisiana. step it up for Miss Louisiana. <laughs> that was good. I really enjoyed the character of her sister. I thought that that actor did a really good job in terms of taking someone that was written too dimensionally, but kind of giving her some more depth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a great scene. I also loved her like little speech when she came to the homecoming dance. Um, and was like, "Oh yes, I'm back again this year because I'm Miss Louisiana. <laughs> like, suck it, all of you." <laughs> like, I really enjoyed that. I actually think I enjoyed that more than Jody's suit. <laughs> I wanted to like Jody's suit so bad, and I just couldn't get no, there. No, me either. And this is okay. My tall friend said this. My tall friend was like, "Listen, like they should have just given her a beautiful quote." I don't know how cool we are with swearing on the show, but quote my friend. They should have just given her a beautiful ass dress. That would have been way more radical than putting her in a suit like every other tall woman ever. Yeah, for real. I don't know. I think I wanted I wanted the suit to be more Evan Rachel Wood and less like 18th century dandy. Like the the combination of the satin and the neck ruffle were a lot for me. Yeah. And the colors also, didn't go together so well. Also, it took me right out of the movie. So Dunkelman gets her a pair of extremely tall heels. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, glory in how tall you are. And I'm like, that's kind of cute. But this is a girl who has never I, has never worn heels before. Oh, yeah. How could she have walked just, like, straight up? Instantly. Through yeah, that- she puts oh. them on. She puts them on and can walk perfectly in these, like, six-inch tall heels. That I was like, mm, not a chance. Yeah, and I don't know why someone didn't tell her. Like, as a short person, I was constantly pressured to wear heels. And until, so my grandma, who is, like, the best, my grandma was like, listen, my mother ruined her feet by wearing high heels every day. Don't you dare ruin yours. And (laughs) so, um, yeah, I, growing up, I faced, as a short person, a lot of pressure to wear heels and even then like even as someone who like heels are part of the script of what I should wear I just they're just too painful I enjoy wearing heels every once in a while but like two to three inches max yeah 
and I I am not used to wearing heels. I wear them for formal events and every once in a while when I want to feel fancy. I have tried to wear heels like the ones Jody is wearing in this movie, uh, and I could not walk uh, more than a foot or two without falling on my behind. So I had real trouble with that particular moment. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that felt pretty inauthentic. Also, that size of heel is available, my tall friend also added. She was like... Oh, 13 and a half? Well, and she was actually saying, no, someone who is 6'1 would probably not wear that big a size. And even if they did, they wouldn't need to order, like, drag queen shoes. Well, so I have really big feet. Um, my I wear a size 10. And I occasionally find it very difficult to sh- to shop for shoes, particularly dress shoes. So that part, that part I bought okay. like a 13 and a half, a 13 and a half in a heel, particularly a, what I think we can reasonably call a stripper heel, just because that is a descriptive term that everybody kind <laughs> of is familiar with, even though I, I am not, I don't mean anything derogatory by that. I, I believe that you would have to find those in a, in a specialty store. Yeah, I mean, I think you would have to find them in a specialty store, but again, this is just passing on for my tall friend. Fair. Who, um, who I have, in fact, gone shoe shopping with many times before, but yeah, who who will, like, need to order things, but, yeah. Yeah, oh, the heels. They didn't even acknowledge the pain of heels. Like, couldn't they have even just had a shot of her, like, falling down? She does take them off almost instantly. Yeah, that's good, at least. I was so distracted by the cravat by that point that... The cravat was really bad. All bets were off. (laughs) Uh, well, do we have anything else that we would like to discuss about Tall Girl? Not that I can think of. I I thought it was weird. So the, the movie takes place in New Orleans and they have one scene with a marching band in the street where everyone's dancing. Mm-hmm. And in general, I thought the cast was pretty diverse, but 80% of the people in that particular scene were white, which I thought was a bizarre choice. Yeah, that doesn't... Because, yeah, a lot of the hallway scenes were of the school itself were pretty diverse. Yeah, and while our our lead character is white, um, Dunkelman, I believe, is mixed race. Uh, Farida is African American. Kimmy is Latinx. Like it, it, it's a pretty, it's a diverse cast. Um, and then we had the one like street fair scene where it's like, oh, everyone in this marching band is white. <laughs> yep. But yeah, any other, any last thoughts? Not that I can think of. Would we recommend this movie? Eh, yes and no. I think that there I think if you're looking for this kind of movie, there are better choices to spend your hour and forty minutes on. That's fair. I would call this like a cleaning or cooking movie, like something you can put on in the background. And just be like, huh? Okay. 
just checking in. Yeah. Wait, what's happening? I, I will say that Ava Michelle, is that the yeah. actress's name? Yeah. Looks so much like Sophie Turner to me. Oh, that oh it was yes. Distracting. <laughs> and especially, oh my gosh, what event was it that Sophie Turner wore a suit to? Uh, I'm sure some I'm sure some Game of Thrones premiere. Yeah, it must be yeah, one like of the that, seasons. That's the suit that I would have wanted for Yeah for Jody. Absolutely. So you, you deserved a Sophie Turner suit, Jody. You deserved that. <laughs> you did. Well, all right. If our audience is not going to enjoy or or does will enjoy distractedly tall girl, what else can we give them? Uh, what else can we give them to recommend? Yeah. So I struggled this one with this one because I I do think there are a lot of things that get to the topic of you know appreciating yourself. Um, so I was I was having a hard time thinking of what one to focus on, but um, one that stuck out to me just because I know there is a movie coming soon is um, Sophie Kinsella's "Can You Keep a Secret," um, where the character her self loathing and insecurity leads her to constantly tell lies, um, and she ends up believing she's going to die on a plane flight and spills all of her secrets to the man sitting next to her who turns out to be the CEO of her company. Um, and so kind of fate and she ends up having to face the, the consequences. Um, so I thought that was a, a piece of pop culture that delves into insecurities in a, in a more interesting way. I don't know that I've read that one, but I do love Sophie Kinsella. I I keep waiting for them to option the Undomestic Goddess. Oh, I do love that book. I <laughs> do. I think, that, I think that would make a great movie. Um, but my recommendation for you all today is the movie that I wanted to be watching the whole time I was watching Call Girl, and that is the 1999 classic She's All That. Oh! A high school jock, played by Freddie Prince Jr., uh, takes a bet to remake the high school weirdo, played by Rachel Lee Cook, into prom queen, uh, and maybe falls in love along the way. Um, It is one of the most 90s of 90s teen rom-coms, and I love it a lot. (laughs) It is a classic. It is a classic. I would say the biggest difference between She's All That and Tall Girl is that I don't think uh, Rachel Lee Cook's character Lainey cares that she's the uh, awkward outcast. Um, but it is it is definitely a story about um, someone being remade and deciding that that's not her and by the end settling into, you know, ma- reconciling who she is with the rest of the world. So, yeah, She's All That. Which, for me, always the best part of that is Anna Paquin's cameo as Freddie Prince Jr.'s little sister. Oh, yeah. For sure. Everyone is in this movie. Yeah. I'm looking through the, the cast list. Oh, yeah. The cast list is a mile long. It's amazing. R.I.P. Paul Walker. 
Uh, R.I.P. So, Marin, did you know that this is our 10th episode of Love Ya? What? We have officially been doing this for almost... Let's see, how many months is 20 weeks? Five months? Wow. Time Just flies about. when you're having fun. Or watching so terrible a... rom-coms. Or watching terrible rom-coms. Um, but to, in order to celebrate this milestone... Uh, we are taking a dip back into the past uh, to look at one of the foundational movies that started this whole teen rom-com thing that we're enjoying. Uh, our movie for next episode is going to be 16 Candles, the 1984 John Hughes classic. Um, I believe it is his first teen movie. It might be, yeah. I can't remember 16 Candles came before yeah yeah so this is this is truly truly one of the very first if not the first uh high school romantic comedy uh starring the unimpeachable molly ringwald um in her in the the, the starring role is samantha um i have never seen this movie before my exposure to john hughes is extremely limited uh, but I'm looking forward to to seeing some of the roots of this this whole thing that we're doing and enjoying. Yeah, and I have not rewatched this one in quite some time, so I am looking forward to kind of re-examining it through, uh, you know, my now fully formed cerebral cortex, which was probably <laughs> not fully formed the last time I watched this movie. Uh, probably true. Uh, so we will be back with you in two weeks. Um, until then, if you can't get enough of Love Ya, check out our sister podcast, Did You Do Your Homework? Which releases on this same feed on alternating Wednesdays, uh, which I host with Marin's partner, Pete. Uh, you can follow the podcast online at DYDYH Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Magical Martha, and you can subscribe to my newsletter at tinyletter.com backslash Magical Martha. Basically, if you Google Magical Martha, that's where I am on all the places. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at A underscore star underscore danced, where I tweet a lot about romance novels, maps, and Minnesota. A very solid combination of things. Well, thank you. You can find our podcast on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, Spotify. It's the word that I was looking for there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you would download podcasts normally. Uh, please rate and review us. Um, we are a still fairly undiscovered podcast and would love to uh, be able to find new listeners. And your reviews help us do that. So consider dropping a, a five-star review um, in any one of those outlets. That is all we have for today. We will see you in two weeks. And until then, we love you.
We did do it. I'm I'm looking forward to to watching something that is whether or not I enjoy it or not, not aggressively mediocre. Uh, well, we'll see what you think about 16 Candles. I am prepared to have many issues with how John Hughes treats women. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a movie that has not aged well. That's fair. It'll be interesting to watch it not having any, um, like, any memories of, or, like, nostalgic feelings about it. Right, right. And this isn't one that I, like, we watched The Breakfast Club quite a bit when I was in high school, but we, I've probably only seen this movie a couple times, so I don't feel quite the same, like, nostalgia for it as others of his oeuvre, but... And I know it's one that, like, people have been re-examining lately. Like, I feel, I feel like there's been a lot of cultural dialogue. And by cultural dialogue, I mean BuzzFeed has had multiple articles about problematic moments in this movie. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll be curious. All right. I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right. Sounds good. Have a good rest of your night. You too. Bye. Right. Bye.